to Menopause Morph, your time to change. We're here to help you thrive through your menopause, bringing you experts in many fields to help you from perimenopause to menopause and beyond to become the strong, vibrant woman nature intended you to be. Hosted by Pauline McCarthy of the Pearls of Pauline. Pearls of wisdom, compassion, and joy. Welcome to this week's Menopause Morph. Today we have a really interesting topic. It is saying no as a means to self-care. Too often we menopausal ladies say yes to everything. So our guest today, the lovely Liesl Teversham, is going to explain to us how we can say no gracefully, which is going to be really nice. So Liesl has been 10 years in the music industry and another 10 years as a computer programmer. Liesl then started her third career in the emotional wellness industry in 2005. Her biggest eye-opener was learning how unresolved emotions negatively impact our success journey, and she qualified in many methods to resolve challenges quickly and simply. She now works also with positive psychology and starts every coaching journey by helping her clients to embrace and celebrate their strengths instead of only fixing their weaknesses. She's the author of No Problem, The Upside of Saying No and coping with a dying pet. She helps women to make mindful career transitions when their job no longer fills them with joy. She's the creator of the Savvy Self-Care Secrets Telesummit and a podcast called Mindful Career Transitions, which you can find on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. So welcome, Liesl. Thank you very much for being here. (laughs) Thank you so much, Pauline. It's a pleasure. I have to tell our listeners that uh, this is our third time trying to get Liesl. She's so sought after and um, I had a bit of a menopausal moment and got our times mixed up so I'm really excited to finally have Liesl here because this is a major problem that I have myself taking on too much and saying yes I'll do that somebody comes and says yes yes well I have this problem can you help me and in my life I've been a little bit like an agony aunt did you have that expression where you are Liesl? They do, absolutely, we understand. You know, people say, oh, if you've got a problem, go to Polly, she'll fix it, you know. But actually, uh, many times, then we get, we can't do the things we want to do ourselves. So I'm really looking forward. You wrote a book called, Upside, what is it? No Problem, No Problem, The Upside of Saying No. So could you tell us how you got to write that book? How you came about, what what decided you to write that? Because I was agony on to myself, (laughs) (laughs) Pauline. Yes, it's it's a lifelong, I won't, let's say it's a challenge, not a problem, a challenge that I've had too, is that people always came to me. It seemed like I had this sticker on my forehead that says, tell me your problems. And I was always listening and, you know, trying to help people. And like you were saying earlier, just before we started the recording, I was always the one volunteering for jobs. People didn't even have to open their mouths and I was the one to say, I'll help you with that. So I always had far more on my plate than I could possibly manage. And one of the The pivotal moments for me in my life was I had started my EFT training company with a very beautiful colleague a couple of years ago, 2009 or 10. And in the beginning of this journey of starting our company, you know, there was a website to be built, there was admin to be done, there was courses to be organized, there was accounting to be done that I didn't even know a lot about. And basically for just about each and every one of those things, I said I would do it because I had a lot of IT skills because I came from the programmer world and my colleague did not have those skills. So I just jumped in and said, I'll do it. I'll do it. I love doing those things and I love learning as well. So everything new thing is like an opportunity for me to learn something new. So I kind of enjoy the volunteering. (laughs) I thought it's 
until it's too much. And there was one day I can clearly remember I was in tears with her over the phone and I said to her, you know, I've got this to do and that to do and I like I had a course to go to and I just, I was completely overwhelmed and messed up in my head about everything I needed to do. And she asked me a question that brought me to a, a like a screeching halt. She said to me, Liesl, who gave you all that work? And it was like a shocking moment in my life when I realized nobody gave it to me. I gave it to me. Exactly. Yeah. So if I gave it to me and I decided I was the savior of the world and I was the one that could take everything <laughs> on, the only person who could make a change was this one over here. Yeah. So that was one of the moments in my life that I'll never forget. I'll be forever grateful. At that moment, I was a little bit angry because I thought <laughs> she should have known that I'm in so much trouble and she should have volunteered for a few things too, but no. It was the journey I needed to walk, Pauline, to first get to a place of, I can't do this like that any longer. Mm-hmm. Something will have to change. Nobody else can do it for me. I will have to change. And that's what partly started me off on this idea of, I can write a book about this because I've learned so much. And I'm still on this journey. It's not like I'm perfect now with saying no. I still sometimes get myself overwhelmed. I just want to say that to everybody. It's, it's not an overnight thing. If we've been in a lifelong habit of doing something, it takes lots of awareness to stop ourselves in that unconscious moment where we want to say yes again. So later when we talk about some tips on how to do it, I'll share some really practical things that we can do. It's a journey of awareness. I just want to stress that. Oh, that's, yes. When you were talking, it was like, oh, you're talking about me. <laughs> so um, well, let's talk about values and priorities and how we can define these for ourselves. Yes, Pauline, the, the, the thing about life is that there is so much, you know, like you said to me earlier, there's just requests coming from all over. I had the same thing happen to me because people get to know you as the person who will always help. Is that not true? Exactly. Yeah. And the more you get known as that person, the more people will send people to you to, exactly. to, get, to get help. So, oh no, they know that you will be the one who will put everything aside and help them with what they need help with. So, mm-hmm. we get to be known as a person who can help everybody. That means, in effect, that we never, ever get to our own priorities. So, we have to be super, super clear on our priorities. What are our priorities and goals? We have to have a vision defined for ourselves and you know so the vision is standing over there and then we have to define goals that are clear and actionable so that we can actually carve our time in our diaries for ourselves to take action on those things every day in order to get to the vision and what helps us to do that is this this word that we talked about called values our values are important qualities, principles, things that we hold dear that are important to us in our lives. And the way that we know that they are our values, it's it's the, the things that we're already spending our time, our money, and our energy on. Those are the things that are important to us. Those are our values. Now, values can be things like making a difference in the world. It can be things like earning lots of money. That can be a value. Or it can be kindness or love or physical touch. Those are all examples of values. If you look at my house, they're filled with books. One of my values is learning. So all my money and time that I have extra time and money goes towards buying books or courses, places for me to learn. Now, why is this important is when we are clear on what our values are, what the things are that are really important to us, then decisions become so much easier. Because if I absolutely know that I want to spend my money on books and on courses, when somebody else comes and says, hey, there's this holiday, it's going to cost me, you know, $2,000, you want to come with me, it's going to be easy for me to say no, because 
my money needs to go on a course that I've already planned for two months' time. So when we know our values, it helps us to make those decisions and we can then say no so much easier to people in full integrity, being authentic with knowing what it is that's important to me, what's going to fulfill me. And I know that people sometimes say, yeah, but isn't that very selfish? You know, you're supposed to help other people. No, there's no such thing. We each have to decide what is important for us. And if a course is important to me and not helping other people, that is my prerogative and it, it, make, it matters whether I'm in integrity or not. So I first have to be aware of what it is that's important to me and I can live in integrity that way. When I live in integrity, I feel happy and fulfilled and this happiness is going to automatically spill over to other people and to their lives as well. So when I'm constantly saying yes to stuff that I don't really want to say Yes, too. I carry resentment inside of myself about that task. Exactly. And I start feeling resentful to the person who asked me. And they can feel that. And that's not living authentically either. That, that is true. I think I didn't realize that. I think nobody realized that I was being resentful. <laughs> you yeah. know, been putting on a smiley face. Oh, yeah, I'm happy to help you. And inside I'm going, I should be at home doing this or doing that, you know. Exactly. I've already said yes to so many other things. Where will I fit this in? And we start mm -hmm. getting anxious and panicky. Yeah. That was my journey a lot of the time. Yeah. And so how do values and priorities fit with our goals, distractions and time management? Yeah, a little bit about what I talked about already is yeah. if we know our priorities and our, and our values. Actually, let's, let's backtrack just a little bit. Is mm -hmm. If we set goals for ourselves that do not fit in with our values, yeah. we're going to have a terribly hard time. For instance, if money is just not important to me, but helping other people is very important to me, then when I set a goal to say, well, I'm going to earn, you know, whatever, $50,000 in the next two months, I'm going to have a really hard time to accomplish that goal and I'm going to feel like a failure because it is my priority to help as many people as I can. So we have to start with what is important to me. And when we know those things, we we can set goals that's in alignment with what's important to me. So can you see if, if you set, if you're, it's important to you to make a difference in the world and you make your goal, um, I'm going to help 10 people by the end of, yeah. in two months time, it's going to be easy for me to, to make that goal come true and I'm going to be happy on the way yeah. instead of resenting <laughs> uh -huh. the things that I'm doing. Something that I have come to realize in the last year or so is that all the time I was, you know, having money troubles because I was always helping people. And then I was uh, stretched, stretched. And the, the stress of having no money or not being able to help people was uh, making me ill. And then somebody told me that, you know, if you focus to make some money, more money, then it's easier for you to help people. And it's like, oh, I never thought about that. You know? So it, it's something that I'm, I feel better to say no to people because I'm focusing on a goal that will make money. Then I feel more relaxed and then I'll be able to help people more. You know, like one of the things that I do is at Christmas, I open my house to people who are alone at Christmas. And so like, like last year, we had 21 people. And I was so busy helping other people that I didn't focus on my company and I didn't have money to feed 21 people for Christmas dinner and I was in a bit of a panic but I said I said to my husband okay well even if we give them beans on toast at least it's something but I felt oh I really want to give them a real Christmas dinner and yeah. somebody had heard you know of course now it's I've been doing it for 20 years and somebody told a, new, a newspaper and it was a television station and they came to visit and they gave me a big check you know which covered oh. like 75 percent of the dinner you know which was really valuable which was amazing amazing thing but of course i can't expect that to happen every year so i really have to focus to if i'm going to invite 
you know, because maybe this year it could be 30 people. So if I'm going to open my doors to invite people, I need to be able to have the finances to feed those people, which means I have right. to you say no in other in other you know, like, no, I'm sorry, I, you know, I'll do that later or maybe you can help somebody else. Because what I've found is that often when I, in this last year or so, I've been trying to say no to people or learning to say no. And then I found out that the person got somebody else to do it or managed to do it themselves. I think often people, I think by saying yes to people all the time, they don't grow up. You know, exactly. even, even if they're an adult, you know, they're, they're, they're very capable of doing it themselves. But because they're, they're, they're maybe in the habit of always asking for help, that they yes. don't grow up. So they're like 45 yeah. and they're still like a child. Exactly. Yeah. That is a fabulous point. And it's, it's something that I really maybe want to help our listeners to understand is when we're forever doing something for somebody else, they get to be, not always, but there are many people who get to be very unresourceful. They don't learn to make a plan. They don't dig into their resources that they have inside. We all have the same amount of resources inside. There's not some people who have who are born with more. We all have deep inner resources that we can dig from. And often they can come out only when we're sitting in a challenge. When things are easy, we don't have to dig deep. So we can always reframe it for ourselves. If we find it hard to say no and we think, shame, that person can't do it. Maybe I should just step in and help. Reframe it and say, bye. Letting them do things for themselves, they become more resourceful, more creative. They learn things about themselves that they didn't know before. And I get to do a few things that I actually love and enjoy and energizes me so that I can serve people again when, I'm, when my cup is full. Yeah. And, you know, before we started, you had written down some questions. So one of the questions here is, is what are the consequences of always saying yes? To every request and conversely why is it good to be able to say no I mean we have went over that a little bit now but is there anything specific in that question that you would like to add yeah what happens when we always say yes some of the things I talked about earlier and I think you've experienced as well we get resentful Pauline because when we're always saying yes to everything else we only have 24 hours a day somewhere in those 24 hours we also have to do things for ourselves but when we keep taking more things onto our plate usually the person on the shortest end is us yeah our self-care goes, you know, down the drain. Like I've in the past postponed my medical appointments because like I've had a, you know, tooth that was, that needed care. But I keep thinking I can't have the appointment now because I've said yes to all these things. So I need to deliver on my promises first. So that's one of the things our own health can suffer. Our stress levels go through the roof. The resentment, all those emotions that we sit with and we don't know what to do with them. Our energy levels can suffer. And of course, therefore, our health will go as well. So I always say like we like a cup, you know, like a receptacle. And if we keep serving other people from the little bit at the bottom, There's just not enough to give and the the people will know it's the little bit at the bottom. And when our tanks are empty, our energy reserves are empty, it takes so, so long to build it up again to a level where we can be of true service and joyful service to the world. So as we empty, you know, as we give to people, we have to keep filling up at the same time. And that does mean that we can't say yes to every single request. We're going to deplete ourselves very quickly. Like what you were saying about the health thing, you know. In the beginning of this year, I had the heart attack, and that it was—I think that was my body saying, "You're doing far too much of stuff that you shouldn't really be doing." Yeah. And, it, and for about, it took me about three months to really get back to full health again. And in that time, I had—I had to say no, and it's been quite refreshing because now people know that I had been sick. And I actually had one lady the other day; she contacted me on on Facebook, and she, we were talk, chatting away on Facebook, and she says, "Oh, I'm moving house. Do you think you could could we?" come with your van and help us move house and I said oh yes 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 and then 
And we were talking to her and she said, oh no, I've just remembered, you've done too much for us and, and you're, you're, you've been quite sick. I'm going to find another way to do it. And I oh. was so happy that, that she did it herself, you know. But it was I was kicking myself for saying, why didn't I say no? And like say, you know, like, because she'd be saying to me, I'll, I'll pay you for the van. I said, well, she's going to pay for the van. Why does she not just get a, a company, a removal company to do it for her? Yeah. Exactly. Oh. See, we, we keep thinking it's part of our challenge, Pauline, is there are certain people who can say no very easily with absolutely no problem. Right? <laughs> For some of us, it's really, really hard. And here's the thing. Inside our head, we hear a voice that says they can't do it in another way. Uh-huh. I'm the only one exactly. that can do this. Uh-huh. If I don't do it, who will? So we put huge responsibility on ourselves. <laughs> There's a whole world full of people, you know, 5 billion people around the world that are also how do we say it in NLP? Um, resourceful, whole, and complete inside. Yeah. Yeah. That lady showed her resources when she suddenly remembered. So it's our own inner self-talk that we often have to start changing. Exactly. Because we hear something in our head when that person's voice and the thing in our head says they can't do it in any, any other way except for through me. Yeah, I, I suppose we do we do that with our children as well, isn't it? You know, like uh, if we forget that they're st- you know, as they're growing up, they start to do certain things and I, I sometimes get uh, foster children and sometimes they've been in a they're in their own family situation they haven't swept the floor in their life you know and I, I, I always give the kids some small tasks to do so I say okay today you have to sweep the floor and I have maybe have to go back three or four times and say no the floor hasn't been swept and it's like do you see that chair you have to move that chair so you can sweep under that chair because they're just you know sweeping around things you know and then maybe three or four times but I always say it with love you know and I say no this is how you do it you know but sometimes I think we forget that a, a person is getting older and that they are capable of doing things. So like my, like I was telling you before we recorded that my son went to Canada a few weeks ago and I had, I had this immense, immense, what do they call it, empty nest syndrome. I was devastated. I was absolutely, and I was so worried. And I was, you know, and every every day I was going, I haven't heard from him. I haven't heard from him. Is he okay? Is he okay? Oh. And now it's been, because also he's, um he, ha- he has autism, you know, so it's very high functioning autism. But I think, because of that, like my other son, you know, I, I, I'm not so scared when he travels, but this one, I'm, for the first two weeks, I was terrified, really, he was terrified. And it was only this morning that I said, oh, I can, I'm beginning to think it's okay, I can breathe deeply, but it was, oh. <laughs> it was a really difficult time. But, and, I, and now I'm realizing that letting him fly his wings, you know, and, and travel the world, he will grow up. And I think being at home, he always, you know, you get some, some young men that, what do they say? Like a forty-year-old virgin that stays with his mother. <laughs> right. and he he could have been in that kind of situation, and I think with me because it was actually me who suggested to him take the year off because he was in a panic about what he would study at that school. So I said, "Why don't you just relax, take a year off, travel the world, think about it?" And he said, "Would you be okay with that, Mama?" I said, "I'd be more than oh. okay with that because this was at, when in my youth I travelled a lot all over the world, you know." And I thought, "Okay, he's got high functioning autism and he doesn't understand body language. He can't read body language, so sometimes he gets into a, a misunderstanding with people." But I said, "But, but he will learn, you know. He will learn, and mm-hmm. you know. And, and Canada's not the end of the world, you know, and it's not the, no. it's a very bad country. So that's where he's starting, and who knows where he'll go after that." But it really was difficult for me. But the more I think about it, the more I think, yes, I've, I've, I've given him a blessing by, by letting him go. And even though I think even when we're 90 and their kids are 60, we still, we still will worry for our children. But we do, sure. have, we do have to let them. We do have to say, 
no, you can't stay here with me all the time. It's time to fly the nest and, and do your exactly. Own and you are giving him some, you know, some pride and dignity and you know, to, to let him be his own person. And that's actually what we do for other people too. And we say, you know what, I can't help you this time. You're giving them dignity to say, but I'm I trust that you can find somebody else or you can do this yourself it's actually putting the trust there to say i know you can do it yeah i trust you <laughs> that was like uh, he always um, used to get me to pay his bills you know like his telephone bill or something it was coming into his bank and i said to him just before he left from now on you have to go into your internet bank and pay your own bill oh how do i do it i said look you know how to do it and he's a computer geek he knows how to do this but he was just so used to me doing it for him correct oh. right. so I'm so excited to have this young man come back home eventually, all grown up, and he'll be a, a strong man. <laughs> Beautiful. And he'll be able to do stuff for you. Oh, yes. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> Maybe he'll pay my bills. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so could you, could you share some kind of kind, respectful ways that we can say no? Absolutely. I think it's so important, Pauline, because we're not taught to do this. You know, we, we get the message from very early on, it's better to say, yes, you know, you'll keep the peace, especially for some of us who are a little bit afraid of conflict. So we just learn how to say, yes, yes, I'll do it. One of the first things that I teach is we have to get ourselves out of the, con not the conflict situation, but the situation in which a person is asking you, please help me with something. So if they're phoning you and saying, please, will you help, you, uh, will you help me with this? The, your first reaction should become, I'll get back to you on that. So that you don't feel pressure to answer in that moment. Mm -hmm. If a person is um, asking you face-to-face, -face, the same thing. Just, you know, like grit your, <laughs> put your teeth together. And, mm, I'm not going to answer. Zip your lip, but uh -huh. say something like, you know, I don't have my diary with me right now. Let me get back to you on that. Okay. And nobody uh -huh. ever takes offense uh -huh. because we all know people are busy. We've got things written down in our diary or on our computer. Nobody carries their whole diary in their head. So, And then you can say, I just need to check my schedule and make sure that I can do this mm -hmm. for you. So get yourself, step number one is get yourself out of that situation that because it to me, it feels like pressure, like I need to answer now yeah. and I need the answer to be yes, or I think they expect the answer to be yes. So get yourself out of there and then a day or two later, or you can say to them, just give me three days, I, I need a few things to organize or you know, put it in a way that feels comfortable for you, that gives them the message they are important and you will get back to them. Then you go and check. Now, here's where it's important to know your values, to know your priorities and to know your goals and to know the things that you've already committed to. And hopefully, as you get your commitments in, you are busy putting them in your schedule so that you can see ahead of time, on that day, I need to deliver this piece of work. Or on that day, I need to spend two hours with my friend to help her with XYZ. So you can ha get an idea in your calendar. Is what they're asking me realistic? So when you know that and you feel peace inside about, you know what, I, it's not realistic for me to say yes to this. What you can do then is to get back to them and say, you can say it in one of a few ways. One of them is just to give them an alternative to say, I cannot do it for you by this time, but I can do it for you in two weeks time. Okay. So give them a time alternative. Uh -huh. Another alternative you can give them is to say, I can't, or I'm not the best person for this job. I know somebody else that I'm going to refer you to who I believe will be a fantastic person uh -huh. to help you. So that's the one way of handling it is to give them an alternative. And that may be a good way for us to start saying no. For, for, so we don't feel like we're just 
dropping the person with no resources or no yeah. support. So that's a very nice transition to start saying no by giving them an alternative. And then another way is just you can start saying later on, you know what, I'm focusing much more on family priorities right now. So depending on what your values and priorities are, maybe you've got a very busy career or maybe that you really need to spend more time with family members because they're having challenge of their own or whatever. So you can say, I am focusing far more on my family priorities these days. And unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to help you. Okay. Yeah. Another nice few, like a phrase that you can use is to say, I know this is important to you. And I want to be able to do my best. And right now, with everything I've got going on my plate, I won't be able to do that for you. Mm -hmm. So we can do it in such a way that it leaves the door open mm -hmm. for the person to, to ask again in future. We're not saying no forever. Mm -hmm. We're only saying no for right now because of realistic uh, practical reasons like I've got too much in my diary and nobody is going to fault you for that. People are far more understanding than we actually believe. It, That's exactly. It's... I remember very clearly when I, I read this book a while ago and it was about this topic, how to say no. And of course, as you said, you know, it, it's an ongoing process. You, you can slide back and get back into the habit. And so okay. when, I, when I first started this, um, oh, I don't know, maybe seven or eight years ago, at the very first, I think it was the very first time in my life I'd said no to something when they'd asked the request. And I said to them, no, I'm sorry, I can't do it. And they went, oh, okay. And I was like shocked. It was like, oh, okay, that's it. Why have I not been saying this all my life? You know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Isn't that so funny that we, we, we don't actually believe that people can respect our answer we expect a fight yeah and i, I you know I, I expected a person to break down crying and say oh no if you don't help me nobody will and like they went oh okay no problem what? <laughs> so i keep trying yes. i keep trying to remind myself of that you know it's okay to say no it's okay to say no people have resources they will find another way you know? but i think the examples that you've given are really great i've been busy scribbling them down <laughs> practice oh good good <laughs> And another tip is sometimes what you have to do is before we actually voice those words, I find for myself, I need to practice them a few times yeah. just so that the words themselves become more familiar because my mouth didn't say those words a lot when I was younger. Exactly. It was exactly. unfamiliar and scary. So the more familiar something gets, the more normal it feels and the more easier it is to say. So. We sometimes need to practice them before we actually say it to a person. Okay. In another um, one of our podcasts earlier, I was talking about Louise Hay and, she, and her mirror work. She encourages people to stand in the mirror and say, oh, hello, Pauline. Oh, you're lovely. Oh, I love you. And, and really talk to yourself as you would to other people like, oh, you've got a nice dress. You're looking great. And, and talking like this. So maybe we get to talk in the mirror and say, oh, hello. It's time to say no. Oh, no, I'm very busy just now. I can't take on that other project today. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> practicing makes perfect. And if we practice on, you know, on a person, it, it feels so much more scary. So let the words become normal and natural by practicing them first. So much easier to do. Oh, that. that's wonderful. So, Liesl, you have a, on your you have your website is called www.savvyselfgrowth.com, and you have a free gift there that you would like to give out to people. Could you tell us about that? Yes, with pleasure. So as you mentioned in the beginning, Pauline, I work with women who want to find a career that fills them with joy again. So my free gift there is related to that and it will it, it is called five simple tips to find a career you love, even if you think it's impossible. And it's it's about you know, it's it's like a, a good meaty 
bit of information that people can start using. For instance, how to define your own values, how to find them out. And there is a, an exercise in there for people to start finding out their own values so that they can start doing this thing mindfully. If people are more interested in the, the subject of saying no, then they can go to my book website, and that is thenoproblembook.com. And there is a self-care, um, what would you call it, uh, an inventory that they can download, you know, to, to say how well are they taking care of themselves. And then there is a, another gift that they'll receive together with that to find out the five biggest reasons we can't say no and what to do about that. Oh, I'll so, be downloading that in five minutes. <laughs> as soon as we go off the line, I'll be downloading that. <laughs> But I, I'm really, I know that you've, you've got another appointment you have to go soon, but I was really interested in what you were saying about uh, mindful career transitions. A lot of menopausal women are at that stage where, you know, their kids have left the nest, uh, they have more time and their hormones are, that are, have been brainwashing them into taking care of things or just going to a job just to feed the family. And they've come to the decision that's like, I'm not happy in this. Why have I been working this job for 20, 30 years? And it's like, drive. it's miserable every morning I go there. And many, many women start to think, maybe I could have a new career, maybe I could start my own business. I think a lot of our listeners would be very, very interested in that. Would you be able to come on another time and, t and talk about that topic? Oh, with pleasure. Absolutely. It's a favorite topic of mine because I work with, like you mentioned in the beginning, this positive psychology, where we start off with looking at what's right with us and not what's wrong with us. And that makes a totally different, it just gives us such a different perspective on ourselves and the gifts exactly. that we are able to give the world. Oh, that sounds wonderful. So the time, our time is nearly up. So thank you very much, Liesl. I'm so, I've been so excited to have you on. When you come on again the next time, I will update you on how, how many times I've been able to say no. Gracefully <laughs> <laughs> in a nice way, you know. So thank you very much, everybody. And next week we're going to be talking about essential oils. We had somebody on a few weeks ago talking about essential oils and we've had a lot of people writing in. We want more information about that. So that's what we'll be talking about next week. So hang in there and we'll see you then. Take care. Bye bye. <laughs>